and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach Shannon Keegan. Do you ever have that moment when someone's name sounds really familiar, but you're not sure why? That's exactly what happened to me today. Of course, Stefan Ranke would be familiar to me. We've shared the water on multiple occasions. In 2014, we cruised down the flooded Red River of the North at End Wet, and again at the inaugural Cliff Backyard Ultra in 2018. And I'm looking forward to visiting him on the island of Oahu in about a month for their annual solstice swim. Listen to find out all about it. Won't you join us? Stefan, thank you for being our guest today. It's uh, such a pleasure to meet you early in the morning. Not early. We already talked about that. Not too early in the morning in Hawaii, but 9 a.m. over there. Um, Tell us, what's your story? Um, my, my story is just the, the normal, common, usual swimmer story. Yeah. I wake up in the morning, I swim, I come home, I eat, I go to bed, I repeat. Isn't that <laughs> most swimmers? Most swimmers. Yeah, I think so. When did you start swimming? Um, my swimming started back in 1967, 66 or 67. And I, I, of course, I don't have much memory back then, but I remember very distinctly being at Haleiwa Beach Park, and uh, my brother, who's three years older than, my, than I am, was out surfing on a, one of those styrofoam surfboards, uh, just playing in the waves. And I insisted that I wanted to go out there. And my mother said, you can go out there as soon as you join the swim team. Oh. <laughs> so a month later, they had tryouts for the swim team. Uh, and I tried out for the swim team, got on the swim team. And I did it solely because I wanted to go out and play in the waves. Very and that's cool. how I became a swimmer. Yeah. So you grew up in Hawaii? I did. My father was in the army. And so we moved uh, to Hawaii in 1966 uh, when I was eight years old. Uh, and I began swimming, as I say, either in, in late 66 or early 67. And, and, and I don't know precisely what for the Schofield Sharks. And uh, swam with them for three years. And then swimming became part of our existence. So when we, my father, when he came back from Vietnam, we went to uh, Fort Sam Houston to combat. He was at Combat Developments Command. We moved there and there was a, a local community swim team. So we joined the local community swim team. Uh, my brother and I did. And, and my mother became involved. And ultimately, my mother became the coach mm. of that local community swim team. Uh, and then we moved back to Hawaii when I was in high school. We were starting high school. I kept swimming uh, and have swum ever since. With the mm-hmm. brief exception, when, when I was after I finished two years of swimming in community college, I took three years off uh, from swimming before I went to law school and spent that time in my fraternity house uh, swimming in different fashions. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, which island do you live on? I live on Oahu. I've always lived on Oahu. Uh, we moved here, as I say, in 1966. And kind of the funny thing is, I, I, before I moved, uh, uh, before I came back in, 19, in the 1970s, I never uh, came or went to Hawaii except by boat. I never came on an airplane until we moved wow. back in 1973. It was wow. a first time I actually took a boat or a plane ride to uh, Hawaii from the mainland. What was the boat ride like? What do you remember? <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. the, the first time was on a troop carrier. With, they brought families over on a troop carrier. And the second time we went back on the Luralene, which is a Matson line. And then my final time on a boat, when I left Hawaii in 1976 to move to the mainland, uh, ostensibly to go to college, I went on a, a 39 or 38 foot sailboat wow. uh, with my uncle and a couple of his business partners. Uh, so my travel back then was limited to sea. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you did a little bit of college on the mainland and then went back? I, 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 I went to school. I I. I Arrived in California on my boat ride on uh, July 4th, uh, 1976. And that evening, we arrived at like three in the morning in Marin, four in the morning in Marin. And um, uh, I was that evening, they had a huge fireworks celebration to celebrate us. It's on the 4th of July that year. Um, and 
I, my mother had sent me with $200 in cash, which is a pretty small fortune back in 1976. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, I I was supposed with tasked with looking for colleges to attend. So I uh, ended up staying with my cousins for a while. And I stopped to visit my brother and grandmother in Bakersfield, California. And um, I ran out of money in Bakersfield. (laughs) So I stayed for two years. (laughs) I see. Uh, And and I I had the good fortune of being able to play water polo then, not very well, but to do that and then swim for the junior college team, Bakersfield College. Um, And it very much enjoyed it. It was a great group of guys I swam with. I'm still in touch with some of them uh, to this day. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were... um, uh, we always laughed because we didn't look like anything like swimmers. So other teams would show up and we'd say, oh, those guys look a lot like swimmers. But we had some pretty good swimmers on our team and me not being one of them. I was just kind of in the middle, kind of average uh, swimmer, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the camaraderie. I enjoyed being in, it's going to sound funny for anybody from California, but I really enjoyed being in Bakersfield. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 and in fact, I still have a friend from Bakersfield, Charles Brown, who's done SCAR and Tahoe is uh, uh, still, and we spoke to the other day. He's coming out to join us for some channeling. He still lives in Bakersfield. That's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so then you went back to the islands. Well, let's get, did you do any, so you were able to go play in the waves once you started, once you joined the swim team, right? Did you do any kind of open water swimming competitions as a kid? No, I didn't. In fact, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I missed the, the start of the Waikiki Rough Water Swim. It was going on when I was in high school, but I was living up in the country and that was a you know, 45 minute drive to town. So I, it's not something I would have gotten involved with because it's 45 minutes away. It was like in another universe. Right. Um, but it was going on. I didn't start open water swimming until I moved back after law school. Uh, and then there was a competition on the North Shore called the, the North Shore Swim Series. It was a series of races that were put on um, by the Waikiki Swim Club as well as some independent uh, uh, promoters in one, one race. And uh, I started swimming those. And uh, that was kind of, at the time I was doing triathlons. So swimming was a, just an easy part of the, for me for triathlon, easy to do the racing kind of training. I'd ride my bike up there and swim, didn't care much about it. Uh, and of course I started doing the rough water because it was, by that point I'd gotten over my fear of driving to town so, <laughs> um, uh, and started doing that event. And of course that's a, a gets international competition. And I was once again, kind of in the middle of the field yeah. for that race. Yeah. So then where, how did you find the, those kind of like shorter, comp- like when did you start getting into distancey stuff? Well, you know, I did triathlons for uh, just over 20 years and, and enjoyed them and, and had fun with it. Enjoyed the people I met with. I coached for one of the local triathlon groups for, for Boca Hawaii and, and was enjoying it to death. And then one, one season after the 2012 Ironman Arizona, I started uh, having a lot of pain, joint pain, and it took many months to diagnose it. It turns out I had a form of arthritis uh, that was really preventing me from, from running or riding a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And, and I spent that summer literally overcoming that pain. When I said swimming was the only thing I could do, and I was enjoying it. And I have a group of friends I meet with every Friday uh, called the Alamoana Beach Swim Club. We would meet every Friday, and one of my friends, Ryan Leong, who we're going to talk to about later, uh, he said one day, Hey, I found this crazy race. It's up in North Dakota, seven <laughs> miles long. And, and he laughed about it. I said, okay, that's, that sounds good. So I signed up for it because I couldn't do triathlons anymore. And I was used to doing training that took a lot of time. So I signed up for Endwet. It just ha- so happens though. And you know, the history of Endwet, you know, it was 27 miles until 2014, when it became 36 miles. Yes. <laughs> so I went from my longest swim ever being a 10K one time during as a relay for Ultraman to, to taking on a 36 mile race. Uh, needless to say, it was an eye opener. <laughs> so you were there in 2014? 2014. So was I. Yes, you were. <laughs> yes, you were. I didn't. And it was yeah. a great day. As you remember, it was a great day for swimming. For flood. Yeah, it was a flood. <laughs> it, it, it's the fastest year ever. Uh, yeah and you got to wear the orange the orange buoy and and before they were cool (laughs) before they were cool (laughs) i just remember that that was a big deal for me to like accept i had to wear it the whole time i don't know why i just wasn't used to it before yeah you know i i it's funny i just didn't i actually liked it because 
this is probably against the rules of open water swimming. When you stop to take a break, you drop your arms and because we had the flood that floated you down. So you can drink in a very relaxed fashion without having to use much energy. Uh, so I like that buoy. I, I don't like it particularly for open water ocean swimming. And I, and I know that that may not be the right politically correct thing to say about it uh, for safety point of view. But in, in particularly in Hawaii, where we get lots of wind and lots of wave action, I can find those buoys to be a little distracting. I mean, I've used them before. Mm -hmm. But I, having said that, I rarely swim, very rarely swim in the open water by myself, yeah. uh, other than at Ala Moana Beach, which is like a big swimming pool. So it doesn't matter um, I, I, because I don't think it's safe to be in the ocean anywhere meaningful, meaningfully offshore by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, true. You know, There's people that do it that I don't. I don't subscribe to that. So, yeah. but anyways, I did end wet, enjoyed end wet completely. Uh, 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 Kevin Coughlin, who won that year was uh, ahead of me. There's a guy named Scott, Scott Jensen was ahead of me, uh, wearing his wetsuit when he passed me. I, I cursed him soundly. Uh, it, but I finished the race and, and was hooked, completely hooked. Uh, by you didn't mind the fresh water. <laughs> didn't, you know, of course, Red River of the North is, uh, though, as chocolate milk. <laughs> Yeah, he kept saying, oh, this is really fresh water. And I said, yeah, but I can't see anything. Um, but I guess that didn't matter. Uh, um, you couldn't see anything. It was disturbing. I just remember being like, it's like you put your face literally like in chocolate milk. And then you look out and you're like, oh, the sun is out. <laughs> and it's, it was crazy. That was the glory of that swim, though. When you stop and you look at the blue skies. And we were, it was such a fortunate day because we had this flood. But at the same time, we had perfect weather. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. my paddler was this, this young guy who didn't even own a watch. I had to buy a watch so he could track my feeds. I bought him a watch <laughs> so that he could, uh, he had his on a standup. And, and I had a great time with him. I, and I instructed him and he followed this instruction very well. If there was anything cool to see, he was to stop me. So we, I saw bald eagles. I saw, you know, critters on the side of the, the river. It was really spectacular. I very much enjoyed that day. Uh, and the water temperature was such that I didn't, I didn't feel like I was, are going to have significant problems from the cold. And that had been a big fear of mine because my, my coldest training day is in the mid, uh, mid seventies at the, at the, at the lowest. I mean, maybe it hit 74 once in a while. Yeah. Wow. This weekend was, it, it was 78, 79. Oh my so god! And that's pretty typical. I mean, it can be a little warmer during the summer. Wow. Maybe into the low eighties, but, but never much above that. And as I say, never, never below 70 never wow wow yeah and it, it was around 70 that year wasn't it and what rough numbers yeah, yeah. I and mean, you know it felt comfortable so yeah. you know we, we, i mean it's advantage and a disadvantage training here in hawaii because we we do get the problem of when you try and race on the mainland even 65 degree water feels cold really cold you're just not used to it yeah i mean i you probably saw the pictures from scar of the dam release in front of apache that dan posted and, and they talk about 52 degree water. I just, it's incomprehensible. Yeah. To yeah. Me, uh, even for a short period of time. And I, I, I would give up any push they got from the dam release because uh, yeah. of that temperature. What, how did you did do scar though, right? When I've done when, scar, yeah. I, I've, I've completed scar twice and twice I failed at Apache. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, scar is far and away my favorite open water race. Um, I, I think Kent does such a, spectacular job of, of, of promoting camaraderie, promoting um, uh, um, working hard, but not uh, stressing. I mean, I, and, you, and I always love this line, you got to be flexible because you really do it at an event like that. And you, it's mm -hmm. not, never, I mean, uh, blades falling, uh, propellers falling off boats, <laughs> boats yeah. capsizing, you know, things going off schedule. Uh, yeah. It just happens. And if you, if you can't, put up with that you don't belong doing that kind of a swim right right yeah so how did you handle the colder the colder waters at scar coming not from not very your, well not very well you just swam faster <laughs> well you know it, it's funny the, the first year i think we had pretty good conditions i mean my first the first time i failed apache which was my second year i, I remember just being cold and having the wind and having the chop and i had i had a, one of the most excellent paddlers eric gerald who's who's, who's spectacular uh, bringing me along and finally i just he just said to me dude you, you're not moving and 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 he and i said yeah i'm done and he thanked me later he says yeah i didn't know how i was going to tell you i, I was going to pull you out of the vent because i was 
you know, just, I was done. It was over. And I, every, you know, it's funny because I go back and I've been back since then. I've seen, I remember exactly where I got pulled out that year. And I said to myself after, oh, I could have, should have kept going. I should have kept going. There was no way I was going to get to that finish line. I was so far away from the finish line when I, when I stopped. And mm-hmm. the same thing the second, the next year when I got out, I, I was still hours from the finish line when I was physically done. And it, it, primarily because of the cold, but the, that year also is a little bit of a factor of nutrition. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and, and I learned from each of those failures. I mean, it was, it was I, I learned and tried to program in uh, what I could do to try and help prevent those failures in the future. Uh, but then the next year it was in, in, in 2018, the conditions were absolutely drop dead gorgeous. There's very little wind. And so there was nothing to fail with. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. So going back to Inwet, the first, so your first big long swim, how did it feel when you finished that? Pretty spectacular, actually. Uh, you know, it, it was, it was fun. I, I, I think that I uh, was able to, to, to make it through without realizing how hard it was. And so I got to the finish and I had lots of extra energy and I, just, I felt good. I was so jazzed by the whole thing. And I was jazzed by the number of people that were, were there watching and the volunteers that were involved. It, it just really was a, a, a good feeling. And, you know, truly you get that sense of the community that open water swimming is from a race like Andouette. Mm. Even though you're only there for two days, it, it lacks that, 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 that camaraderie that happens over a multiple day event mm-hmm. in that regard, but it's pretty close. And you certainly get the good feeling you get from open water swimming in an event like that. We had the, the, the pre-event at the, at the bakery that, and then we had the post event at the, the, the theater mm-hmm. and you just, you felt like you got to know people uh, better. You felt like you had this shared experience. And it, for me that uh, having come from triathlons where I, I think in general triathlons aren't known for that sense of camaraderie. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. It's more adversity or yeah. feels that way. Yeah. I mean, it, actually it's, 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 it's a, an attitude that I, when I was coaching triath- triathletes, what I tried to, um, to um, uh, work against because I thought that it was, I don't think it's healthy because frankly, most of us aren't good enough athletes and we really should be thinking that, you know, like, like as vicious and cutthroat as some people want to be, we're uh-huh. just not that good. We really should be getting something else out of it. The personal satisfaction, the, the goal oriented and racing is part of it. Look at two people in speedos in a pool. That's a race. Yes. <laughs> whether they know each other or not, what's been announced or not, that's what it is. And, and I mean, I, we've all experienced it at one point or another, whether it's the YWCA, the YMCA, the, 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 the community pool, whichever it is, it becomes a race. So we have that natural instinct, mm-hmm. but it does, shouldn't, that, that shouldn't be the primary instinct, at least my feeling for endurance sports for adult athletes. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of people that, that, that are very competitive and I think should be trying hard. I think the bulk of us, it really should be about the experience. It should be about um, um, the feeling we get when we do well, but also the feeling we get when our friends do well, when the people yeah. around us do well. Uh, because when you get, when you can experience, uh, I remember sitting at a, a line looking at some people one day and they were, we, we were in a training session and there's a couple of guys from the triathlon clinic. And I looked at them and said, look at guys, take joy from the success of your friends. And that became my kind of one of my trade lines for the next couple of years in that triathlon clinic. Let's take mm-hmm. joy from each other's success. Let's take joy from the success of others. Yeah. Because if you can do that, even if you haven't had a great day, if your friend has, you can be really happy about the day. Yeah. And why should you be doing this to feel miserable for you know four or five days afterwards? It just, it makes no sense to me. Uh, but, you know, I can only speak as to me and, and try and help other people understand that, that this, if this is stressful, you might as well go to work and make money if you're going to. <laughs> right. I feel like that's where marathon swimming is like this. I think that's part of the connection that we feel with each other is because, you know, an open water channel swim or, you know, or even a lake crossing, you're never going to get the exact same conditions. Like you can't really compare times. It's really more about the personal achievement. And I guess to me, that's, that's what I love about it. That's what I promote is the, is like going beyond the competition. What, you know, what can you do? And I love the, I love it with two that we also 
give back to each other, you support someone else. And you feel like when you see someone you help support finish, you feel that, so proud <laughs> that you get to be a part of that, as well as, you know, like you were saying, like that, you then you might wonder, well, oh, gee, could I do that? <laughs> and then it's, and then it's a personal, you set a new personal goal by, by seeing, by enjoying your friend's success, which I love too. We, we have at the Alamona Beach Swim Club and, 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 uh, we, we, we every year put on an event. Well, I say every year, this will be the fourth year called the solstice swim or the fifth year, fourth or fifth year. I'm not sure which we call it the solstice swim. It's on, it's on this year on June 19th. And we call it a party for ourselves and our friends. Mm-hmm. We have no permits, uh, much like Kent at scar at the original. We have no insurance, much like Kent, at the original scar. <laughs> We don't have any rules, which may be a little different than Ken. Ken has these kind of amorphous rules of his. We have, uh, uh, we have no T-shirts. We have no prizes. We have nothing but the desire to get together starting at 6 o'clock in the morning and swimming a distance every hour on the hour for every full hour of sunlight. And I talk about this because you can go 26,000 meters that day. You can go, actually, a handful of people go about 30,000 meters, and I suppose you could go more. We have people that are going... 5,000 meters. They're going out. They, they only do five lengths. They'll only do, they'll swim a 500 and they'll run a K. But what they're doing is they're, they're pushing their boundaries. And we see people for the first, and, and the, 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 the look on people's faces when they say, I swam 10K today. I've never swum 10K in my life. I swam 7K today. And they may have done it over 10 hours. Yeah. But, but they've done it and they've accomplished mm-hmm. something they could never think that they could accomplish before. I mean, it is, it is truly what makes it a special uh, part. And I call it a party because someone says, oh, can I come? And I said, well, you're my friend, so you can come. And they said, well, can I, can I bring this person from San Francisco? I said, well, are they your friend? And they say, yeah. I said, well, they can come then. It's friends and our friends' friends that are invited to come. And there's, you set up on the beach and you start. And the only rules we have, and actually they're, they're, they're just common sense rules, is you got to watch out for people so you don't run any head-ons. And you got to be polite mm-hmm. because we don't own the beach. We don't have any permits. And we frankly, don't want to have any permits. We don't want to have to go through the process. Right. We don't want to charge anybody for it because there's no, there's no entry fee for this just to show up and have fun. And that's, is this a, an invitation to anybody who listens to this podcast? Anybody that listens to this podcast? <laughs> because anybody that listens to this podcast that, that, that is, is your friend, and that since you're my friend, they're friends of friends. I'm going to be looking to flights to Oahu on June 19th uh, because it fits really well into my training plan to do that. <laughs> you know, that's actually, and that is part of the reason we, we started the social swim as a training swim, because it really is a great way to jumpstart your channel training. You, you know, you think if you do a 2000, a 2000 meters, our, this is an Alamoana beach and it's a thousand meters down and a thousand meters back. You think you need to start with a 2K and, and you can do that in, in 35, 40 minutes open water pretty easily and not be pushing yourself. You do that one time, two times. About the sixth or seventh time, you're thinking, this is a, this is a lot of swimming I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get to the tent, you realize, I'm feeling pretty tired, even though I've had a you know, 35 or 40 minute break, I've hydrated and eaten and done all that. It's a great challenge for you mentally to keep it going. When, yeah. you, just, when you do the 3K option, it, it just becomes a disaster for your brain after about four. Right, yeah. Yeah, The um, I did the cliff blackyard ultra the inaugural year that sarah held that in wellington like that was crazy (laughs) yeah yeah that's right man we keep running in the same circles (laughs) Uh, i I remember i remember your swim and i remember you going past the buoy (laughs) the last one we said keep going you said no i'm done (laughs) even though you probably had a minute's worth of rest I would have had a couple of minutes. Yeah. Sometimes I, it's one of those things you think back on. Like I could, I could have kept going, but yeah. I, was, I was pretty good. <laughs> you, guys, you guys were so impressive because you kept going well into the dark and through thunderstorms. Oh God, that and- thunderstorms, man. That was crazy. I was like, I'm not coming. I'm not going to make it home to ever see my kids again. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain insanity about that. I, <laughs> that event has not been able to sustain itself. And I, I hope that Sarah is able to, Re, uh, recreated at some point because uh, I'd like to go back and try it. I, I stopped at, at some point and, and, and partially I stopped because I was done and partially I stopped because I was going to do a Tahoe attempt later in the season and my mm-hmm. wife, one of the last things she told me was 
this is not an A event. You know, when you get tired, stop because Tahoe is your A event. And uh, in retrospect, after I failed so miserably at Tahoe, I wish I'd done more laps in Colorado. Right. Um, but how did but, you deal with that cold there? With that, because it was like sixty, wasn't it like sixty-five or sixty-four or something? I did miserably. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I, I, it was it was very difficult for me. I didn't plan it very well. I thought. Stephen Rao did a, you know, did a really smart thing. He had those water bottles, those hot water bottles mm-hmm. that he was using between events. He changed suits between each swim. I never thought I thought of that. Really yeah, <laughs> super smart. <laughs> and, and, and so there were just little things that, that could have done, should have done, that would have made it a little bit better. I don't know if you remember that poor fellow from, from the East Coast, from the Southeast, uh, I think he's from Florida, who was, had maybe 3%, 4% body fat. <laughs> He'd sit by that fire shivering and then it's time for him to get back in. He'd still be, I felt so bad for him. He was still fast, but it, it didn't help much. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I think Sarah told me at one point. She's like, you could just stay in the water. Like you don't have to get out, but you know, like that once it got dark, then it made a little more sense because it was colder out. But anyway, it, it helped for me to be mostly pretty slow. <laughs> My breaks were shorter, but I wasn't, but I wasn't, I like out for half an hour. I was out for like 10, 15 minutes. So it worked out pretty well. well. At the very beginning, when I was going as hard as I could, I could be out for only 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, I, I really, like I said, I, I hope that Sarah is able to, to uh, re- recreate that event uh, in some form or fashion. And in the, the event I just mentioned, the, the summer solstice swim really and truly was, uh, was a ripoff of, of the Cliff Ultra we just, because we don't have permits and because swimming at night in Hawaii is a little different than swimming in a lake in, in, at night, uh, we decided just to do every full hour of sunlight. But, yeah. but it truly, uh, Sarah Thomas deserves a cre- the credit for us doing what we do because yeah. of where we do it. That's, and she, I guess last night, she won, sounds like she wants to spread it, you know, have it more places, which would be fantastic. I'm hoping to catch up with her again soon and hear what she's up to. Um, yeah, she was out here a couple of months ago. That's right. Yeah. We, to, we didn't really get to spend any time. We got to chat a few times and then we met her at the beach when she showed up. Uh, very fast. Very early. <laughs> of course. Yeah. She had a pretty spectacular uh, KV channel. And, you know, and, and what's interesting is I don't think she mentions it much, but there, there were boat problems that night. You know, the boat had some issues and, and, and she didn't even know she was going to even do the channel until literally hours before she she did it because it had been on and off again with the weather and she didn't complain once. And I think people can learn a lot. She's an impressive person to begin with, but people can learn a lot about not letting distractions get in the way of their events uh, because she certainly doesn't, didn't do that. She simply, simply stayed focused on what she was doing and got it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that quality is not a special quality. That's something anybody can control. Anybody can do is, is, right. is not let the distractions get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think there's a real, a good, important lesson for everybody in that one, uh, that you don't have to be Sarah Thomas in order to accomplish right. other things. You really need to be Sarah Thomas if you want to accomplish. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, but you can control how you react to things you can't control. Right. That's exactly. kind of what you're alluding to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can do that. The, the, the variables in open water swimming are so, uh, so many and so varied, uh, I know that's a pathology, but, but, but they, we can control certain things. We can control our training. We can control, you know, our diet. We can control a lot of things, but we can't control the wind. We can't control the waves. Can't control the sharks. There's, there's things you can't control. Yep. Yeah. Can you tell us about the swim that you're the most proud of? Um, You know, I think the the, 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 the obvious answer is Kaivi Channel. It was always a, when I started, when I, when I was watching people as I was doing triathlons, watching the open water swimmers, Kaivi was special, still is special. You know, despite the number of people that have done it since it became part of the Ocean 7, uh, it still is a, a challenging swim for a lot, in large part due to the variables. But I will tell you, the, the, the event that I liked, I think probably I'm the happiest with ever was the SCAR of 2018. Um, it was, a, it was a, just turned out, I had no expectations going into it. I was 59 years old. I was just, you know, a week short of 60. And I, I just showed up to swim. And one thing led to another. And I just had a, a series of good swims. And, and, and I met some really fantastic people. I, Attila, who owns the uh, Manioki, who owns the, the Kaibi Channel record, 
was there and it's the first time I'd really spend any real time with him. Uh, I, I Serbio from, uh, 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 from uh, Florida, got to meet him, got to know him. One of his support crew was a guy I ran into swimming in Tampa one day. I was on, doing some depositions down in Tampa and was training with a team. And we kind of looked at each other and said, yeah, I think I may know you. You know, because in this small world, this open water swimming, he was there supporting him. So, you know, I think that 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 that, that was probably, you know, in, in, I had the fondest memories of that series of swims, uh, I think, of all time. The, every swim is special. The swim to Kawakahi was special. Uh, the group we, the group I was with was was so marvelous. And, and, and you know, anytime I swim with Ryan, I'm in a good space. We uh, I, I failed in Tahoe and I said very truly to people afterwards that the reason I failed is because I didn't have my, my, my swimming partner with me. Mm. You know, that, that, that I just didn't have that steady pace. And I, I don't think I'll ever do an, a, an open water swim of any significance of a distance from the channel without him with me. Uh, because we really do have a nice rhythm together. Even when we're, we got lots of people with us. I mean, we're, we've done some swims with eight or nine people and we don't swim by each other's side more than 10 minutes during the swim. But mm-hmm. it's just being in the same uh, water space with him. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so what happened to Tahoe? <laughs> bad attitude, bad wow. failure, bad night. Uh, uh, just, just a bad day. You know, yeah. it was. It, it it actually brought up another saying that I've had since then, which is it's really expensive to fail. <laughs> it is when we succeed in our swims. You know, where we the the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. The, and, and we, we, we know, and I think anybody that's listening to this knows, this is not, a, a, this is not for the, 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 the week of pe- purse. Right. Swimming is expensive. Right. And expensive. so, you know, when you fail, it seems so much more expensive. Uh, the, 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 the boat, the Tahoe has his registration fees, everything else. Is, and I was talking to Charlie, Charles Brown about it just yesterday. We were talking on the phone about some swims we're going to do later this summer. And we were both talking about how, how Tahoe is, can be a really difficult, difficult swim. But once you do it, it seems easy. So I'd like to go back and try it. But I think I want to go back and try the width. Oh, yeah. I think I'd like to get across some length before I think about going the length again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I maybe think that's it, the arrogance you have and thinking you can do anything. And obviously, I didn't. <laughs> was it cold the day you were there? Not particularly. I no. mean, it, you know, it was, it was uh, uh, in the 60s. Yeah. But not, not terribly cold, but... but yeah, it the was al- not just was al- just a bad day. I mean, yeah, it wasn't the I, altitude or anything like that. Some people, yeah, then, yeah. I, I think it's just attitude. I had the wrong attitude going into it, and I just I didn't control it very well. And and um, um, you know, yeah, I regret. I mean, I periodically I think myself, man, I wish I'd kept going, but um, I didn't. So <laughs> you move along to the next swim. We've got a lot of great swims planned, and. We've got a, a great swim plan this summer. We're going to, uh, Steve Manalia, uh, when we came back from SCAR the first time, and we were talking about doing something in the channels, and he actually put together a, a three-channel swim. He's put it on three or four times now where he gets groups of people, and they go one day, one day, one day. We're going to try the same thing with the, uh, a group of our friends. Only it's blossomed from our core group of swimmers now on Wanna Beach Swim Club. We all have friends that we swim with periodically, and you know, we'll, we'll say, let's go swimming. Sometimes we'll have 10 or 12 people with us. So we're going to try and take somewhere between 15 and 20 people across the channel and, and, wow. and at least one day and some of them two days, and some of them all three days. Nice. Uh, so it's, and it goes back to that whole notion of, of giving back. We're going to take people across the channel. have never been across the channel before. I did that a couple of years ago with a group of high school kids. And that wasn't me. It was the, one of the, their friends organized it, Skylar uh, um, and uh, Webb. She's a, a really spectacular person. She has a website called Channel Swimming or crossing a channel or something to that effect that she put together as part of one of her school projects. And the other part was taking a group of her friends, swimmers all across the channel. So they trained together, they went through the program and I was fortunate enough to be asked by her father to join them just as a, a I don't want to call it an escort, but uh, just as one of the adults who'd done it before. Mm-hmm. So I did that, I trained with them and it was fun. So we went across the channel with uh, eight high school kids who had never been across the channel before. That's was, cool. uh, incredibly cool experience. Yeah, that's great. Do, do you think they'll continue swimming channels, any of them? <laughs> or some long distance swimming? Yeah. Some yes, some no. You know, we, if you look at the, the list of people who've done the Maui, the Ao Ao channel, uh, there, there's a ton of people that have one channel there. They wanted to accomplish the channel and they got it and, and they're proud of it and they should be. It's, a, it's not an insignificant thing. You know, 
you, you, Bill Godding, who I swim with, has done it well over 20 times now. Uh, he, he gets psyched up every time he does it. And he recognizes the challenge of it every time he does it. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget that. They've done it once. Oh, I can just go out and knock out a channel. I can do this. And that may be true, but but still, I think it's uh, it, it's um, it's important to remember that each time you do one of these things, it's a challenge. It's yeah. like I used to, when I used to line up for an Ironman. I'd sit there at the beginning of the swim and I kind of look around, and think, "Oh man, I'm going to do this to myself again." <laughs> right. And and you do it to yourself again, and some days better than others. And 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 so swimming, I think swimming is the much the same way. You get, except for one thing. When I'm in the middle of the, uh, the, the Maui County Triangle, the three, three channels right there, when I, we stop and we're doing a feed and I look around, that's my favorite place in the universe. For some people, it's Disneyland. Some people, you know, other people, it's the desert. For me, when I can sit in the middle of those channels and look and see Molokai, Lanai, Maui, and I'm right there in the middle, I can go any direction, go to any one of them, that is the place that I love the most. That sounds amazing. Uh, Dean, I talked to Dean Summers last week and he was talking about when he did the chant, the, what's the one called the, the ocean seven one? The, the Kaivi. Kai, yeah. People call it different names though, don't they? Well, it's, a Molokai, it's the Molokai channel. It's the Kaivi channel. It's the Kaivi. channel of bones. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He just talked about though, just like, yeah, just like how much he loved being a tiny speck, you know, in the middle of the ocean and these like just with just these little islands around and just how it felt, how special it was oh, someday. Well, pretty, cool, pretty cool feeling. I tell you, it's even cooler though. in the next day or the next week when you're flying over, I had to go to the mainland for something the, the, about five or six days after I did the channel and I'm flying over and I'm and for, I had a window seat for some strange reason and I'm flying over looking out the window and I, one side, you can see Molokai, you can see Oahu. It was like, wow. That is a long way. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Yeah, it's a it's a hard, you know, when you're standing and you're looking, you can't necessarily even see where you're swimming to it, or flying over it. But you know, and it the, it's amazing just to think that that we that a that a little human can just move one arm and then another and somehow get to the other side. It's, and that's important. You keep moving an arm. You know, it took us. We we tried twice. We tried on a, on a Monday. We took off. We got chased by a tiger shark uh, about halfway through, a little over halfway through. Just kept getting closer and closer. Maybe that, maybe it was just a curious shark. Maybe it was never going to do anything. We knew a lot less about, you know, we had a lot less of a comfort level of swimming with sharks back in 2017. But it finally got so close that, that, that we decided, you know, it'd be a better idea to try again another day. Mm-hmm. So we got out. And on, on Wednesday of that week, Ryan came up to me and said, we were out having dinner uh, talking about buying things for our, 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 the people we would work with, our, our escorts and the friends, the people that helped us, you know, what we could get them for gifts. And he said, we got to go. We, we, we can't not, we trained, we got to go again. This is actually on Tuesday night. And I remember saying to him, Ryan, I'm not saying no. The next morning is Wednesday. He's still talking that way. Wednesday afternoon, he calls me up and says, I've got a boat for us. I've got someone to pick us up and Maui to take, or Molokai to take us there. We're going on Saturday. I said, can't do it. I've committed to build doing the Maui Channel Relays on Saturday. I'll go on Sunday. So we went on Sunday, the, the next Sunday. And, and it was really just a matter of going as hard as we could and getting there, or rather going as smart as we could. So it took us 19 hours because we picked a day where the conditions weren't weren't that great. We didn't have mm-hmm. enough wind. And I think one of the things we've decided after watch, after doing the swim and watching it enough, you actually don't want a perfectly calm day. Mm. It, it, if you look at windy and it's completely blue, it's probably not enough wind to create enough uh, of a motion to bring you towards Oahu. Mm. You probably want blue going into green day on windy and everybody's looked at windy and know exactly what I'm talking about. But you want it, you want a little bit of wind. You want a little bit of, 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 of ocean movement to help uh, counteract the, to- the occurrence. Because mm-hmm. if you look at our line, we went way far north and then we went way far south. And the GPS on the, the, the boat was over 60K for a 46K swim. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, we, we put in a little extra mileage yeah. that day, uh, at least swimming time. I remember the captain said, oh, you know, this is, this is just, a, a, you know, it's, it's a movement, lateral movement. Don't worry about it. And I said, does it ever favor us? Does it ever work in our favor, this lateral movement that we get? Right. Uh, it really didn't. Uh, 
So the, the point is, though, is you just keep trying, you just keep swimming and you do a longer swim, it just takes longer, but you, you just keep going. Yeah. Um, and people need to know that, that that's, that's the secret. That's the secret of channel swimming. Just keep going. Just keep going. Exactly. How do you convince yourself to keep going when you kind of just don't want to anymore? <laughs> you got your friend Ryan next to you. You know, he's not quitting. And of course, he's sitting there thinking, I'm not quitting if Stefan's not quitting. <laughs> So that, that mutual uh, 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 dishonesty with each other uh, seems to work. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself from marathon swimming? Oh, that, you know, the, the most important thing that I think the most important self-realization has is that you can do things if you put your mind to it. Um, but, but I think for me, you know, I, I have a really high stress job. I mean, I, high stress. I'm a lawyer and I, I deal with people's problems. I'm a litigator. Uh, I, I, every day I come to work. I never come to work with, you know, with, the, with the, everyone saying, let's smell the, stop and smell the roses. There's problems, there's issues, there's disputes. This morning, I was here at eight o'clock for a dispute on the phone uh, you know, between people. It's just what I have. It's what I do. And, and swimming has been a really good way of getting away from that, getting away from that tension. And I've learned how to do that uh, over time. So I, like I said, I enjoy being in the water. I enjoy... Uh, we swam yesterday, saw a beautiful monk seal yesterday, uh, saw a lot of turtles, had a nice swim on Saturday, same thing. Um, it's just, it's so spectacular to enjoy everything around you and swimming allows you to do that. And, and I'm, I'm awfully fortunate that I have a, uh, my wife is incredibly supportive of my swimming. Um, she is, she understands when I say, you know, I'm going swimming on Saturday morning, I'm going swimming on Sunday morning. I'm going to come back. I'm going to lie around for a while before I do anything. Yeah. Uh, she, she, she understands that. She gets that. And uh, I know not everybody is as lucky uh, as I am in that regard. Um, but that's also been a, a really nice, important thing for me. And that I've, I've been, let's say, very fortunate about. Does she like to support you while you're doing your swims or not really? No, no, she, she does perfectly. She, she'll go out, ride her mountain bike. She'll, uh, She'll play some tennis. She'll go paddle or canoe. Not or anywhere near me. Uh, <laughs> she she says swim, watching swimming is watch, watching paint dry. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm down with that. You know, I mean, I, I really don't. It, it's what I do. It's not what she does. Yeah. Yep. She loves the water. She just likes to be on top of the water, not in the water. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. What uh, What motivates you to keep going? Um, uh, what else is there? <laughs> no other options. <laughs> yeah, 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 look, I, I, I like I, Hawaii. Is Hawaii in particular is an outdoor lifestyle, and and my friends, the people that I'm closest with, are all outdoor. They're active people, and so I, and I enjoy spending time with them. My wife is an outdoor active person, um, and so swimming is a way of being outdoor and active. It's a way of I, I just feel cleaner in the ocean. I feel better when I get out of the ocean. I don't care how hard of a swim I've had. In fact, the harder sometimes the better if I've left more behind. I, I think that the ocean is, is once again, my favorite place in the world is that, that little spot. So I want to be able to keep doing that until I'm 95. And at 95, maybe I'll take a break. Maybe I'll have the boat take me to the middle and I'll get off the boat, just hang out in the water for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> Up until 95, I want to swim there on my own, get there and stop and enjoy that, that spot in the ocean that I think is the most perfect spot to be. That's awesome. Uh, how do you think we could include more people in this part? Well, one of the things we do, I mean, it, in, I alluded to it earlier, we're taking a bunch of people across the channel. We, uh, but by doing, by doing a fairly large group of people, we're going to, likely going to have multiple boats. We can introduce them to um, a channel that way in a way that's not cost prohibitive. Uh, so we need to you know, start off by, by, there's just barriers and there's nothing we can do about those barriers unless we can do certain things to make it easier for groups of people to do swims. And I'm not suggesting the English channel, people should change their rules and start having tandem swims or anything like that. But at, at the same time, I think we have to recognize that if you do a tandem swim, we've just cut the cost of the boat in half mm-hmm. twice as many people can finish something mm-hmm. as long as they don't draft off of each other and touch each other and do all the things that you're not supposed to do within the mm-hmm. rule. Um, so we, we do that. I mean, we're trying to do that and our souls to swim is partially aimed at that getting people out in the open water and swimming large events. 
Uh, Ryan and I did a, a talk recently with a couple of the other people that we, we swim with um, uh, on, on one of these Zoom conferences. Once again, giving, you know, passing out information about channel swimming so that it doesn't seem mysterious. And we've had small groups here in Hawaii that have taken off and done it. They've, they've said, let's go do it. So we need to let people know that it's accessible, that it can be done, that, that you don't have to have any special qualities other than determination and, 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 and a willingness to, and a willingness to, to try mm-hmm. and maybe a willingness to fail if you don't make it. I mean, you know, you have to, you have to really accept that sometimes there's things you can't uh, overcome. Mm-hmm. But I think anybody, I, I really truly believe this. Anybody that could swim has a possibility of doing a challenge. Not everybody can do a channel. I, I've seen lots of swimmers I would never suggest they try. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the people I see uh, day on and day out, I think they can at least try and do a channel. And we just have to make that accessible, have to make the information accessible to them so that they don't have mm-hmm. those barriers uh, to, um, to channeling. I don't think we need to change any rules or do anything like that, as I say. I do, I'm going to advocate for one rule change. I'm going to do it. And, and I know a few people out there are not going to like it when I say this. I think we should be allowed to wear watches with GPS devices in the moment when I swim. Just saying, not really helping us that much. It's fun. It gives you a little that that's uh, nerd statistic information that you like. So that's a rule I'm I'm advocating to change. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, do you think that the more people we could get to swim channels, do you think they'll become they'll be better for it? The channels are the people. <laughs> the people. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I think I, I think that, that doing more channels, getting more people to do it, I think those people will, will have that sense of accomplishment. We're going to get a lot of people that, that it's a bucket list thing. They want to do one channel, that's it. I mean, I, but I've dealt with that uh, tri- triathletes that for years. They want to do one Ironman, they got their Ironman, that's it. They didn't do triathlons ever again. Mm-hmm. Fair. I mean, people, people have experiential lives. They want to climb a, climb that mountain. They want to you know swim that channel. And then they want to go on to the next thing. That's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. with me, I don't, I don't have any, I don't see any problem with that at all. Yeah. I'm hope. I'm all, always hopeful that, you know, they'll just learn a little bit more about themselves or I don't know, become a little bit more aware of the need to keep the water clean or the beach clean, or I don't know. <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't take channel swimming to do that. You know, in Hawaii, we have, we have a particularly bad problem with, 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 you know, the, not, not, our islands, particularly a bit outside, outside of Hawaii, there's a, there's big balls of trash in the ocean. And we see the plastics after the, uh, we still sometimes see debris from the tsunami, the Japan tsunami. You can see it's actually, it's stuff that's, you know, it's old and it's, it's come from Japan because uh, it was such a horrible devastation there. And, and, and so much stuff was swept into the water. Mm-hmm. But then we, we do treasure hunting uh, swims where we swim, you know, a couple of miles, we spent a lot of time going down to the bottom looking for things. A couple of weeks ago, we found 12, 14 pairs of sunglasses. Wow. Masks, <laughs> bins, action figures. Now, these <laughs> things are like, the, the, the sunglasses, sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. The action figures, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> um, whole collection of action figures. Uh, uh, GoPros, wallets, it's all out there in the ocean. And it's that kind of stuff that people probably shouldn't be putting in the ocean because put there. So we do our part to pull some of it out. That's I'm gonna tell my kids I'm gonna I want to go swim in Hawaii and I'll bring back some action figures. <laughs> I got this a spot for you. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, what would you uh, tell an aspiring marathon swimmer? What kind of advice would you give them? Same advice I always give: lots of Vaseline. <laughs> That's really good advice. <laughs> you know, it, it, there are there are so many people that I know that do their first one or two swims without Vaseline. Uh, and, and you think to yourself, how did you do that? And they pay the price. Um, I, I think the, the real advice would be you gotta keep swimming, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find a pot of people that are about the same a quality of swimmer that they are, that have some of the same ambitions. And stick with it. The year Ryan and I did, and Ryan and I have been friends for a number of years. We started, we coached, when he showed up at Boca as a, a one of the, the, the coached athletes, I, the, Howell said to me, oh, this guy's a swimmer. You, you know, he can help you out. And he turned out to be a real godsend because he could help out. And he did know coaching. He did know swimming. And we became pretty good friends. 
And, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say it here and, and, and he'll get mad at me, but the last time we did an Ironman race again, I got out of the water in front of him. <laughs> I want him to remember that. Uh, so we've all, we've been great training friends and that summer we did Kaivi. We saw each other virtually every day, but three, when I was on the mainland for three days for, for a business trip, we oh, spent, wow. we were with each other. We swam together and I saw inspiring marathon. So get used to swimming with your pod. You've yeah. got it. You've got to develop a sense of, of, of purpose as a group. You got to motivate each other to get in the water together, to, to do that next training session. So it's too easy to take days off. It's too easy to say, I'm tired. Yes. I'm sore. I yes. don't. Um, and, and, and the fact of the matter is, is the more you swim, the, 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 the better you feel. Yep. That's good advice. Um, who's inspired you? Linda Kaiser. Linda Kaiser. Linda Kaiser is a, is one of two people that has swum every channel in Hawaii. The only one she didn't do solo was uh, Oahu to Kauai. She did a relay. And only a few people have even tried to swim Oahu to Kauai and, and nobody's made it solo. Wow. Uh, for a whole lot of reasons. But, but some people, uh, I know Penny Palfrey, I think was, if she wasn't the last, she was the last person that made a serious effort at it. Mm-hmm. And she got a long way and, she, and they had to pull her out. I wasn't on the boat. Bill was on the boat. But she, she just got just uh, tortured by jellyfish. Mm, so um, uh, she, she's a pretty spectacular swimmer. And so, um, but Linda, Linda did all those channels. And Linda years ago is the one that got me into channel swimming. And I'll never forget when I was training for, for, for SCAR, or no, for Endwet rather. And she said, she said to me, what's your nutrition? And I said, oh, I'm you know, doing this. And she goes, Stefan, you got to get serious about this. You're a real swimmer now. Nutrition's important. You're a real swimmer now. <laughs> and, and I thought about that and she was absolutely right. You know, it was. And, and, and so Linda, she passed a few years ago, uh, but I'll never forget being at the beach at, at, uh, at, when I landed at Kaivi and she came down to meet us and, and she looked and says, Stefan, I'm so proud of you. And, and I can't tell you how much that meant to me, uh, both then and even to this day. Because uh, she she really was what swimming is about. She embodied what swimming is supposed to be about, what open water swimming is supposed to be about, which is encouraging your friends, taking joy in the success of your friends, and, and helping them to be a success. Those are the things that she embodied. And so I, I, I still think of her um, uh, when I swim. That's wonderful. I'm sorry I can't talk to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story, Stefan. You are more than welcome. I, I, it's a joy to be here. I appreciated it. Uh, I look forward uh, to, to talking to you again in the future. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group? We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. Find out more at intrepidwater.com.